good to be with you guys. Well, I wonder what's going to happen this service. I've been just kind of being blasted by the Lord during the worship service, so that ought to be interesting. All right, what do you want me to do here, Lord? All right, so I'm just going to give you some stuff. Um, I actually wasn't planning on doing this at all during the service, so just bear with me as I go through this. Um, the Lord was showing me that there are people that um, keep having their finances stolen from them. They actually get to a certain point, and then everything, something happens, and it gets stolen from them. If that's you, if you feel like literally it doesn't matter what you do, you cannot get past that, would you stand up? The Lord actually wants to break this over your life. And what he actually was showing me is the enemy is intentionally attacking your resources so that you cannot have hope to fulfill what God has called you to do. And so in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we break the assault uh, over their finances, the things that you command for them to have control over. And I don't know why I have this. <laughs> there you go. Um, there we go. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would, um, right now, just command your angels concerning them. We break the assault of this attack of poverty and restriction over their lives. And I command them to be blessed by you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. You may be seated. He also wanted me to get, I'm going to give you a scripture reference now. It's Deuteronomy chapter 8, 18. And he actually told me that <clears throat> as you go through the next couple days, remind yourself of this and proclaim it over your life. So the scripture is this. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to gain wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers, as it is to this day. The word power there is interesting because it does, there are several words for power in the Hebrew, in Greek, New Test, Greek New Testament, and the Hebrew Old Testament. Some means like it's like an electricity hitting your body. This word for power is interesting. It doesn't mean being hit with power. It actually, the word there is actually the Hebrew word for creativity. God gives you the creative ability to gain wealth. And so, you guys ready? You were created to be, uh, you were created to be creative. And part of that creativity is what prospers you. And so I'm going to pray this over you, ask God to release it over you if you're okay with that. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would give them the power to gain wealth. Get Release creativity over them. Show them things that they have never seen before. Show them your creative strategy, your creative wisdom, and show them creative things that are not even on this planet yet so that they can be blessed by you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, again, are you, are you up with me? I'm going to keep going. So also, I actually saw a vision of the Lord. It was kind of interesting. He was sitting on his throne, and he took this staff that he had, and he hit Castle Rock with it. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And then this cloud came over it. And he said, now the cloud is not for destruction. He said, the cloud is a cloud of mercy. And the cloud was filled with honey, which I thought was interesting. So you're actually going to be in a season where the mercy of God is going to come on you guys like rain does. So there's going to be seasons where it's gentle. Other times it's going to come as a torrent. But he wants you to pay attention to the fact that the cloud of God's mercy is now being commanded over this region for you guys. And so, Lord, I just ask that you, we come in, we just say, yeah, let's let open our capacity to receive this mercy that you're going to pour upon us. And it's about our hearts, Lord, open our capacity to expect more from you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, I'll get to the other ones. They were words of knowledge for healing, but we'll get to that after the message. Grab your Bibles. Go with me to Nehemiah 
chapter 8, verse 10. Nehemiah, chapter 8, verse 10. Nehemiah is an interesting book. If you, if you guys have read it in a while, there's so, a lot of people that are studying leadership read the book of Nehemiah because it's about how to build a city. Uh, and the idea was that they had actually gone into exile. Nehemiah comes back. They have the word of the Lord. And then Nehemiah goes about building the city and showing that building cities or building things are a life. By the way, there were different gates. Those gates all have a symbolic meaning of restoring people's lives. But we get to a point where Nehemiah is teaching people how to war as they build or have some people war while other people are building. It's really just a natural picture of how God builds his kingdom. And when it's interesting, they build the wall, and now God wants to work on building their souls. And they start reading the law. So if you can imagine, at a certain time in Israel's history, they didn't have the law at all. Uh, they bring it back, and they start actually teaching the, the law of God to the people of God. And it's interesting, their response was to actually go into despair. Look at all that we've missed because we didn't have God's law. Isn't that interesting? So it actually points to the fact that in our lives, every time there's an absence of God's word or God's living word and God's uh, logos in our lives, what happens is when we come back to it, people usually go into despair as they're reading it because they realize, look what I've missed that was in the kingdom of God. And interesting enough, Nehemiah is now addressing this. They've just read the law, and the people of God are actually in despair over it, and he begins to say this to him in verse 10. Then he said to him, Go eat, go eat the fat and drink of the sweet, and send portions to him who has nothing prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, when I get to this, it's going to be interesting. They just got done reading the law. They've come into despair. And he says, now the response is for you not to go into despair, but to tap into something else. Now, I want to talk to you just for a moment. Um, it's kind of interesting. When the word joy is brought up in Scripture, there's usually two responses in believers. A lot of people like, well, I don't even know how, that, how to enter into joy or what joy actually looks like, or is that a special thing that God's doing? It's kind of interesting in Scripture, if you kind of look at it, the, the term joy is used as a foundation of walking with the Lord. So, you guys, this is kind of interesting. If you have, any of you have ever grown crops, I was telling some people this morning, I'm trying to grow grapes in Missouri right now, and I've never produced healthy grapes yet. Very frustrating outside of that, but interesting. The joy of the Lord is an actual picture if you're connected to the vine. Because if I'm connected to the vine properly, properly, the fruit it produces first is love, and immediately out of that love is joy. So you can actually check the fruit of people by how much joy they have. And it shows if they're properly, properly connecting with Jesus. If you're properly connecting with Jesus, you should be full of joy. So it's, the Bible doesn't just kind of make off statements like every once in a while, hey, joy, or think about joy or rejoice. It actually says, no, this is kind of um, what we would call the river that we're to drink from consistently. So think about that. There are resources in the kingdom of God and now, it, and when I looked at the passage, I thought, here they're grieving. And he turns to something and basically says, well, the thing about God, even as we understand him at this time in human history, is that you don't have to turn to grief. You can actually turn to the joy of the Lord and 
get strength, or I'm going to actually explain it more. You can get something from him that you cannot get in any other arena. So let's work through it. Let's work through the word. We're just going to do three simple words, and then I'm going to move on to some ministry time. Let's just develop this here. Let's take the word grieved, grieved. Interesting enough, the, the root word of it means to crave something. Isn't that interesting? The word grieve actually means to crave something. And, and the idea here is it's craving the wrong thing. So appetite is really kind of interesting in Scripture, isn't it? So God here makes you naturally have appetites, and then he also says that's a spiritual reality too. But what you fill yourself with is what God is concerned with. So you have appetites, and this word for grieve means going to the wrong thing to be satisfied. That's what the word grieve actually means. So when I grieve something, it's showing that uh, in the, the idea of grieving a loss, instead of constantly going into despair or something like that, the Bible's saying, no, turn to him and crave the right thing, and then God will come to you and satisfy that thing you're longing for. It's very interesting. There's communities in the body of Christ that actually believe you should never want anything from the Lord. And yet here, think about the wisdom of God. God has made you to desire and crave and want certain things. This idea that uh, you're going to be totally satisfied in the Lord just to kind of bum you out and make you happy, you're going to be satisfied as God does certain things in your life, but you're never going to be completely satisfied because God leaves an element of hunger in you as he meets you to go to something deeper in him. It's a paradox. And here it's telling you, do not grieve. And so it's saying, do not do not give yourself over to worry, pain, and anger. You're, you're desiring something, but don't go for that as the fulfilling of what's going on in your soul. Now, the passage is, They've heard a good thing that they've lost, and he's saying, well, don't go the wrong direction. Don't hear a good thing that you've lost and then go to worry, anger, and despair. Recognize that good thing has been given to you and then move towards the joy of the Lord. All right, well, what is the joy? Joy of the Lord. Um, when you look at original language, it's kind of fascinating because it just tells you look the definition up, right? But... The interesting thing is how we get to words, they're usually a combination of words or it's a root word, and they have to like explain a lot of it to you to get you to the concept. So when we translate the word joy out of either Hebrew or Greek, it says things like favor, right, favor, or it means something's leaning towards something. Isn't that interesting? Or it actually gives the idea that um, favor is resting upon you. Now, we hear these terms all the time. The problem is, is when we hear these terms, we're going, well, in real life, how does that, what does that look like? How, how would I know I have actually joy in my life compared to just being happy or, or something like that? Now, interesting enough, <clears throat> to arrive at the word joy and what is it in real life, not just a word, but what is it in real life, is when I turn to the Lord and engage in relationship with him, the term is called grace. Now, interesting enough, when we say grace, people are confused. What is that? So it depends on the passage of the scripture you're looking at. But most of the time, recognize this. Grace and the word power are a connected idea in scripture. So when we say, I have the joy of the Lord, it actually means as an element, it's an encounter with God's power, and it does something inside of you. 
So when, when he says to you, don't go towards despair, don't go to that empty place and draw into something that depletes you, turn to the Lord and he's going to release power to you, but it's distinct in the way that God releases power to you. What do you mean? Well, we find out in Scripture that when it describes the power of the Lord, it could be, say, the power of the Lord is there to heal, the power of the Lord is there to deliver, the power of the Lord is there to save. So we realize that there are different degrees of expression of the power of the Lord. This one is now giving a distinction. Grace means favor and leaning towards, but it's really interesting. It means grace recognized. So when I come to the Lord, how do I know I actually have joy in my life? I recognize, it means that God's presence is so immediate, it's tangible, and because it's tangible, I recognize it, and that's the joy of the Lord. And so, this is why uh, when we have difficult times, everyone's like, I discovered something about the Lord. Now, why does it always have to be in difficult times I actually find Jesus? But when, have you guys ever noticed that when pressure is being put on you, you turn to something, when it's overwhelming, you turn to something greater than yourself. And when you turn to it, you tap into what is normal in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God says he wants to release his power to you, and he actually wants you to recognize it to where it actually lifts you up into a different plane of existence. Eternal life is fascinating in the New Testament. You guys ever looked at it? Always uh, zoe. Uh, it means ever continual quality of life. So what is this quality of life? So I go through suffering. I go through hardships. We all go through the things that people do in the system of the world. But you've been given eternal life. Does that mean if you and I suffer really well, we get to the end of our lives and go, did you suffer well? And then I die. <laughs> That's what it means to be a Christian. That's eternal life. That's what Jesus said. I just, I just, I want to mark people with how well they suffered. No, that's not the idea. It's saying here you run into something that would overwhelm you, but you know Jesus. You tap into Jesus, and then he says, I'm going to release a quality of life inside of you that's going to shock you, surprise you, and lift you above the circumstances, even though you're right in the middle of it. And that's joy. And because we hardly talk about joy, do you realize that leadership, the quality, everyone thinks leadership is how well you manage your life. Did you know that the quality of leadership in the Bible is actually by how much joy you have, not how well you lead? Because I can lead by uh, manipulation and dominating you and produce a lot of stuff, but it doesn't mean it's the right fruit in the right spirit. And so the Bible actually comes to you and says, the way that we grow as believers, the way we work through circumstances, and the way we produce healthy fruit is we tap into him. He releases his power to us. We recognize it, and we live under the recognition of that, and it bears fruit in everything we do so that the things we do, we, can't, we don't see glimpses of it. We see the reality of it. I, I, I went to Africa a couple years ago, and the, the first series of times I went to Africa, I'm with Pentecostals and Charismatics, right? So, of course, they have the theology of healing, but they had not seen healing in over 20 years. Do you know how discouraged? I'd rather be a part of a group that fights against Jesus' healing ministry than have a group that believes Jesus can do this, and he hasn't done it for 20 years. I mean, talk about being despairing. We, I get in the meeting, and this is all leaders from a different region in Africa, and before we start the meeting, I, I, sometimes Jesus asks me to do certain things, and I think, Jesus, I just, 
I just want to be Presbyterian. Don't ask me to do this kind of stuff. This, this makes me look charismatic. And I'm in a meeting, and he's, he just has this conversation with me. He says, they have the theology of healing, but they haven't allowed me to come in the midst of them for two decades. They're hurting. Welcome me in again. So we're in the meeting. I said, hey, um, the Lord told me you guys brought me here so I'd do all the healing ministry. You're going to learn to do it. So I need one person to come up here who has some kind of physical condition, and I'm going to show you how to pray, and then the rest of the day, the afternoon here, you're going to minister to each other so that Jesus can restore the healing ministry to you. So a guy comes up. He had, I don't remember what he did, uh, how people injure themselves, but he had damaged his foot really bad where he was crippled. And we just invited the presence of the Lord to come, and it was so nice. I love when Jesus does this, because when he does it, it's really hard. We prayed for him, and he got healed in front of everybody, and it was like a bomb blew up in the room. Everyone just, ah! And then all of a sudden, this whole history that they've never stepped into for two decades exploded on them. I mean, crippled, blind people. It was so The whole uh, 12 days I was there, it was so fun to be there, because... I brought people that had never seen Jesus healed, and by the end of the week, they were praying for people that were blind. We were, we were actually, how many blind people have you seen healed this week? Oh, only 12. We were praying for crippled people. I mean, it was just a blast. Grace recognized. You guys know what it's like to have all these powerful things that Jesus can do and never experience it? That is not grace recognized. Jesus wants to make his joy among you. He has to be recognized in the midst of you. It's not enough for us to talk about it 10 years ago and say, wasn't that awesome? He wants to give you joy now. Now, here it says, it's interesting translation, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, you guys always hear me when I do this. I always say, I'm amazed they translate it this way because when you look at the word, that's not really the best translation for it. Well, this is another one of those words. So it sounds like you're saying, Grace recognized, energizes you. Don't you get that idea? When you say strength, you think of like, oh, he, here's Clark Kent. He's turned into Superman. It's not that word. That's not the Hebrew word here it's talking. The bet now, you arrive at the word strength, but the best translation is to say it this way. The joy of the Lord is my strong tower or my shelter. That's why it's strength, because you go to a fortified place because you're, you have strength around you protecting you, and you feel safe there. That's this word for strength. So do you guys get it? The joy of the Lord is the place you go. And here are the words that it actually gave for this. It's where you get your defense. So if you're being attacked, it's the joy of the Lord is actually your defense. Not how well you do spiritual warfare. By the way, how many of you have ever gone after demons and kind of told them to knock it off? It's like they don't pay attention to you. Okay, one person. Bob, thanks for being honest. All right. <laughs> So, you guys get it? The joy of the Lord, I'm going to just translate it all the different words. The joy of the Lord is my defense. So, if I'm being persecuted, if I'm being, if I'm having a hard time, people are coming against me, or something is attacking me, the Bible's actually saying it's his presence, and you recognizing is actually the defense where you're safe in the midst of him. The next one is this, is he's your fortress. Uh, the joy of the Lord is your fortress. It's actually like a place you run to when nothing else is safe. Now, I don't know if you guys ever do this, but I read a lot of stories of missionaries where their lives are being pursued and people are actually trying to kill them. And they always talk about these stories of all of a sudden, they're just praying and seeking the Lord 
and people are coming to attack them, and angels are meeting them and scaring the 11 daylights out of them, and then they come to the Lord. Well, why is that? Because when you hide in him, he becomes your fortress. He defends you. He takes care of you. Now, I'm so grateful for this because this isn't saying you have to do this. He does it. You get to enjoy him. Isn't that amazing? You get to enjoy him, and you get the benefit of this. The next the word that actually would be this is, did you realize this is also the Hebrew word for helmet? The joy of the Lord is your helmet. <laughs> now, why would it use that word to describe this Hebrew word? It could be, do uh, you realize they could have said the joy of the Lord is your helmet? Everyone went, well, helmet? Okay, so why do they use that term? Helmets or gears are a protective thing. So, the Bible's always talking to you that the enemy is speaking and throwing flaming arrows at your thoughts. And here the Bible is saying, do you want to get away from that kind of harassment? Step into the Lord. His joy covering will come over you, and it will become a helmet for your mind. I mean, that's just powerful if you think about that. Let's keep moving on. The joy of the Lord is your protection. It's your strength. It makes you, and, and it's interesting, when I looked at it, I was going, oh, it actually says the joy of the Lord is your strength, but it also is the joy of the Lord makes you strong. So it's two benefits. You have strength literally surrounding you, and then it's fortifying your inner man. It's actually like you're being saturated with it. We were, we were talking about this earlier, about how to get out and actually stop being afraid of everybody in the culture because we have such a good message. And we were talking about boldness. Now, you guys ready? When I'm going to go out and minister to people, I don't look at the circumstances. I look up to him, and what he does is he gives me a strength that I don't possess if I'm worried about what everyone thinks about stuff. I, I choose not to worry about it, and I choose to look at him. And then what comes from him is this ability to love people where I don't have the strength to do it. It's a strength to do it. I don't know, Bob, I guess I'll ask you, have you ever been in a time where you're ministering to somebody and it feels like you're caught in eternity and you and that person, it's like something is surrounding you guys? Do you realize that's not just some odd little thing? That's the strength of the Lord surrounding that whole situation. It's protected by the Lord and God's goodness in the middle of that. That's why I love doing it, because you enter into power encounters with the goodness and the grace of God. Okay, I'm getting there, Paul. I got two people to agree with me at the time. Let's move on. <laughs> Then it says the joy of the Lord becomes your stronghold. So it's actually the place that you're to go as a final resting place, the joy of the Lord. Grace recognized. So now what we have to do is we have to ask a question about our connection with the Lord. Are we connected to him and are we drawing from him? Or are we acknowledging him and not being connected and shivering, uh, shivering, shriveling on the vine? Because you can know him, you can make confession of him and never connect with him, and you can tell by looking inside what fruit of joy is coming out of this situation and acknowledge. I actually know all kinds of things about God, but I'm not connecting with him, and I have no strength to stand in the day that I live in. I have no joy to be with people. I, I, I'm drawing out of myself and I'm burning out of myself where I could draw from him and never burn out. So here's the question for us tonight. Are you drawing near his joy? 
You know, that's for you to decide. But let's turn our attention to the Lord. You're just right there, Jesus. But our heart seems to want to grab for other things. For the benefit of what's going on in our lives today, if we have been formed by fear, worry, and anger, break the power of that inside of us. And bring your presence, Lord. Now, you're the one that leads us in paths of righteousness. You're the one that sets a new place for us to set our foot upon. Would you introduce joy to us so that we recognize that path? And would you begin to nurture us in joy, Lord? And begin to not make that something that we refer to every once in a while, but we actually begin to know you in joy. Release that over us, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, if you're dealing with any type of acid in your stomach or uh, burning in your esophagus, acid reflux, would you stand up? The Lord wants to minister to you. Any stuff going on in your stomach or acid reflux, just please stand and receive from the Lord. And if you, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of put your, if you're either on your stomach or up here, wherever you're comfortable. Holy Spirit, would you release your healing power and presence right now? Just release your power, Lord. <laughs> That's interesting. Would you heal their stomach and heal their esophagus right now in the name of Jesus? Just, in a sense, just pour healing balm down this part. And the lining of their esophagus and their stomach, just restore it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. All the acid in the stomach, I command it to come back into alignment and function properly. And I ask, Lord, that this would stop chasing them and harassing them that you would release your goodness over them, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Okay, one more thing, and then I'll let you come back up. Um, I'm just going to pray uh, what I call a general blessing over you. I feel like the Lord wants me to just kind of address something for some of your lives. You don't have to stand up for this one. Right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, any words that are being spoken against them that's releasing power over their life to shut down what you've created and to do, I break the power of that right now in the name of Jesus. I ask that you would strengthen them and only your words let them land upon them. I release the Father's blessing upon you right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.